Hi, this is PJ from Nurses at Work, and today I have a wonderful person that I really, at times, try to uh, find a hard time to get a hold of, but she is wonderful. Her name is Lily Beth, and Lily Beth is in, in the, I'm not just going to say she's in the lab, I will say she is the lab. So, Lily Beth, can you just introduce yourself to um, our, my audience? Yeah, my name is Lilybeth Mullen, and I'm the laboratory director of one of the facility around the area. <laughs> and I've been a um, clinical lab scientist for 39 years, wow. Wow. and I'm here now in one of the great facilities. <laughs> you know, um, Lilybeth has always been uh, one of just one of the lab department, um, as you know, is just such it plays a huge role in the clinical environment, of course. And uh, Lily Beth, I always wanted to ask you, um, what is one of your major issues um, on the floor with dealing with nurses when it comes to uh, when it comes to the labs? What do you find challenging when you're trying to communicate with the nurses on the floor? When I'm giving some results and some are clueless, mm -hmm. so I have to explain to them and when they are ordering tests that are unnecessary and I start wondering and questioning. Right. Right. But I have to tell them I'm not questioning the doctor or you, but in my best of expertise, I think this is not the right test. Right, yeah. And you know, it's interesting because um, as a nurse, um, I know when you go into nursing school, and it really depends if, you know, when you're an LVN or an RN, I know as an LVN, um, labs really from where I, and I can't speak for other nurses, but when I was in school and, and trying to learn um, anything about lab values and stuff like that, that wasn't just a major part of the program. And, uh, and I really think that it should have been. And it wasn't until when I got into the, um, you know, went to school from IRN, where we were a little bit more, you know, in-depth as far as uh, the lab results, lab testings, what they mean when someone say, oh, you know, um, a doctor may say, well, I need a cardiac study or um, I need uh, anticoagulant studies or that sort of things. And I, I really do think that there's quite a few nurses that are really not knowledgeable when it comes to a lot of the values. Uh, lab values and and I think that's additional education that they need to learn on their own and how valuable it is when you do call and say hey this is a critical value and you really need to take action on that what do you think what is your you know just well I always believe that without the lab you're only guessing exactly exactly so I think it is very important that when you have the lab results that you you also know what is it for exactly or else you cannot communicate better because you don't know what you're talking about in the first place and it's not you know and I find quite a lot of this that doesn't even know floor. yeah that it goes on on the floor um, I can understand maybe with your new grads but existing nurses I mean do you find that for nurses that's been in the field for a while that they're at least a little bit knowledgeable when it comes to some of those values? Some are, 
but some mostly are just like okay let me call the doctor you know right. and then so right. when they call the doctor the doctor will order another you know try to roll out something but it's not you know I feel like it's unnecessary right so I think they they need, they need more, more education, education right. on what is what is really needed. Right. So and, and like I say, I know when I think of lab values, if it's the norm, like the CDC or your chem panel, um, those parameters. I know white blood cell. You know what's an abnormal uh, white blood cell at one particular facility uh, for the parameters may be totally different at another facility, um, but still. It is something that I do agree, you know, as the nurses, that we really need to know what those values are. And, and we need to make sure with our patient that, you know, we're practicing, you know, safe practice when it comes to that in case. Um, one issue that I wanted to ask you about, um, when it comes to blood transfusions, I know that once again, a lot of nurses Sometimes there's some nurses that dread doing a blood transfusion. Have, did, have I ever had that problem on the floor? No. But I noticed that other nurses, especially when I pretty much was charge nurse or uh, was in the clinical coordinator role, that sort of thing, where from my experience at one particular hospital, that quite a few RNs, they really do not like doing blood transfusions. And I don't know if it's because they're not knowledgeable about that, but it's just, it just seems to be such a, a a barrier to them. What do you think is, is well? What it is is in all laboratory tests. This is the most critical area, which is the blood bank area, because you can kill the patient exactly in a split of a second. Exactly. So that is why some nurses that are not really experienced are like reluctant to do anything, mm -hmm. because I I can give you an example like. Okay, I know, what I normally do is if my hemoglobin is less than eight, right. I normally call the floor right. and let them know that the hemoglobin is low. Right. So therefore, they must take priority to call the doctor if the patient needs transfusion. Right. But some, some nurses, they will just, you know, wait at the last minute and don't do anything, but this patient needs transfusion. Right. So I, I don't know where is the problem in there between the nurses. Maybe lack of knowledge. Right. right. You know, and, and yeah, I, I agree. Um, and also too, what is the policy when it comes to uh, blood transfusion and when it comes to lab values that you really need to, you know, the nurses need to really get up and, and take action and do something. Um, it's just interesting that you say that um, that a lot of the nurses are really reluctant to do anything um, because of course when you are uh, from my experience being in other hospitals I mean this is the norm I, I don't see that but you know reluctance they go ahead and do what they have to do but at certain hospitals and I like I said I guess it just depends on the culture of the environment and uh, and the training for the nurses and what they try to provide uh, and to teach them. Um, once again, just basic nursing one-on-one, um, if you know that you do have a low hemoglobin, H&H, uh, hematocrit hemoglobin, that you, you, you need to question. You need to question and, and, and find out and you need to assess. Um, and, 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 and just really uh, make sure that you are knowledgeable and know what you do and if you don't, 
Um, have you experienced a lot of nurses really calling you, asking you, hey, uh, what is this? And should we do a blood transfusion? You know, things like that. Have you ever experienced oh, nurses yeah. calling you for that? Yes, I have experienced, you know, like sometimes, you know, they call me and said, what kind of filter do you use? What do you normally do on this? And, you know, I'm just like, read the protocol. Because once <laughs> right. the blood is out on the lab, I will not know. All I know is the blood is only good for 20 minutes, room temperature, or else you cannot give it back to me. Exactly. That's all I can, you know, based on my protocol. I, you know, I'm so strict on that one because I don't store blood here. Right. You know, right. in, in, my, in my facility where I'm right. working right now. Exactly. So I want to make sure that before you go down and pick up the blood, make sure you have all the baseline and all that. Exactly. But as I said, there's always an exception. Yes. Another thing that I also noticed that, you know, if the patient has, you know, very low hemoglobin, like 6.5. Right. And they, or, they only ordered one unit. <laughs> so that's not even sufficient enough exactly to exactly. make you know to make it work you know or make the hemoglobin go higher right so I start questioning but it was they were just saying oh that's what the doctors order yeah yeah you know and one time where I'm working I talked to one of the doctor here mm -hmm. and I tried to tell him that if you have a, this low hemoglobin and you give one unit, you might just well forget it because it's not gonna help. <laughs> exactly, right? It's not gonna help. Exactly, and next thing you know, another day or two, they're gonna have the same issue. Yeah. And then you're gonna have to wind up and go through that process again yes. so they can uh, be able to uh, get a blood transfusion. Um, what about uh, platelets? Uh, well, I know that has also been a, a major issue and one of the issues that I've seen across the floor once again it's just the lack of the nurses knowing when you know what is abnormal and, and that's something once again like I said that's basic nursing one-on-one -on -one, where they should know their values when it comes to uh, platelets and, and, and hemoglobin hematocrit and those levels that sort of things but when it comes to platelets it's just trying to find out Okay, what is according to the policy? What when do you give platelets? Well, normally it depends on the diagnosis of the patient, right? Because normally, as best of my expertise, when the patient has less than 50, normally the doctor would really ask for a platelet. Mm -hmm. But I have some situation that happens. <laughs> At one time, the, okay. the, the nurse asked for two, two units of platelet phoresis. Platelet phoresis is equivalent to 10 units, but phoresis because there's only one donor. Mm -hmm. So I, have the, I called the floor and said, okay, I have the platelet phoresis ready. And the question that I did not understand that you know, like crossed my mind was, what kind of filter do I use on this platelet phoresis? And I said, huh? Wow. Because you don't use filter, yes, filter exactly. because you're filtering the platelet. Right, 
So I just like, can you please make sure that you are referring this to your clinical coordinator? Exactly. Because I don't know what is the Women's policy. Right. Exactly. After it gets out in my in my you know in my laboratory, right. I exactly. don't know what's gonna happen. I know. Right. And and that's one thing about you. You have always from that four years that I've known you, you've always run a tight ship with your lab, and which means you know what the heck you are doing. And that's the reason why, number one, I have to respect you. I have to respect you in the field that you do and what you have to do because you go through a lot as well. And I Thank think, you. <laughs> you are and I think that uh, the more that nurses, they really do need to continue to educate themselves and understand the importance when it comes to labs and what they're doing, whether they're giving blood transfusions, or which is the next topic that I want to talk about, um, drawing from a pick line versus drawing from a peripheral line, um, you know, um, <laughs> that's always a, a battle. And I know there's evidence-based practice on what's best, and of course, according to whatever facility that you're working in, um, I, I know that I've worked at a facility, they totally prohibit drawing from a, a, a pick line, drawing blood from a pick line when you, you know, for labs, um, and opposed to some other facilities, it's like, no, that's okay, I mean, we gotta get that lab, you know, but it's just the, you know, the inaccuracy where some would say, but once again, we can look at evidence-based practice on this and, and you know, determine what's best, um, but, what is your view on, on when it comes to lab draw and uh, pick versus peripheral line? Well, when I first started, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> where am I right now? They were drawing on the pick line. I put a stop on it because I make a studies mm -hmm. after I become the leader. Right. Because one time all my H and H my hemoglobin hematocrit and my potassium are getting low and I, I'm getting so much transfusion. Uh -huh. So I, I start wondering, I don't think this is right. <sighs> so I made a studies, I, you know, I have, I may have 20 patients uh -huh. drawn from the peak line and drawn from the peripheral. Uh -huh. And it really makes a lot of difference. Okay. Because, okay, not everybody, but some nurses knows the way right. it should be done yeah. right, correctly. Mm -hmm. but others are doing shortcuts. Ah, shortcuts is always a no-no to nursing. So future new nurses out there, new grad nurse students, please try not to be doing shortcuts, but go ahead. <laughs> so I have 20 patients that I did pick line versus peripheral mm -hmm. and I, I made into a conclusion that I am not accepting any peak line draws because contamination, exactly, the dilution is not right because it's so diluted. Mm -hmm. A very good example, I got waked up at the middle of the night <laughs> for a blood transfusion for um, CBC of oh, hemoglobin of 6.2 and I was where did you get a 6.2 hemoglobin that um, I was not in the lab? Right. Well, the nurses draw and send it to the send out 
hospital that mm -hmm. we are sending on, on our after hours. Right. And I told her, I said, well, I'm sorry, I'll, I'll compromise, I'll go in early and let's check before I go there and make a blood transfusion. Mm -hmm. Okay, so come in, get us H&H. &H. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, the H&H &H was not matching. I have a, I have the phlebotomies drawn in the peripheral, six point two versus eleven point one. Mm. So if I had not investigate, yeah, that's, right. that's right. This patient will be transfused with PRBC, wow. probably two units, which is not good. No, that's not. That's another problem right there. Yes, that's another problem. So right that is why from that then. And, but once in a while, there's still, you know, there's still some nurses that will call me middle of the night asking for blood transfusion. I'll just say, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Right. So the first thing when I have situations like that, the first thing I do is I will run an H and H and see if the result from the from the backup um, stat laboratory is is matching. But 99.9% .9 it doesn't match. Wow. And you know, and I prove, you know, and I have a lot of proof and I have a lot of um, documentation for that. So, so in other words, drawing from a pit line is, is not good? No, not at all. It's not accurate. The no. results turn, tends to be, okay. And potassium and, uh, you know, for the chemistry side, right. Right. the potassium and the calcium are always high. So I am, you know, I put a stop on that. Okay. So we are just doing a peripheral. There are so many ways. If, if you think you're gonna find a vein for the patient and it's really a hard stick, you can do a finger stick. Okay. That wouldn't be a problem. Okay. The only problem is you just need to be educated for the finger stick because if you are not really doing the right thing, your potassium is gonna also be the result of the outrages. Right, because you know you have some patients. I'm telling you, they're like, oh no, you know, I'm not gonna have you uh, poke me again. Just go ahead and, and take it from the pick my pick line and that sort of thing. And some nurses they don't want to argue with patients, and they go ahead and do that. But once again, like you say, it all depends if they're following the correct procedure. If they do do that, you know, because it's already been, you know, like I said, been proven and read evidence-based practices and you know you've already did your research on it to see that it's inaccurate and it still may be uh, tampered with uh, that, that particular blood. This is a very good example just today about three hours ago. <laughs> three hours ago and so I this patient has been running very low potassium like very very low so that's why they are getting a potassium every two hours or three hours. Okay. I'm not really sure, but okay. they're having a, like a potassium. Okay. So today, um, I was trying to release the result before I come over here, and I have a potassium of 13.2. So I asked my phlebotomist and I said, Who's drew, what, what draw, who drew this? Right the RN, and I said, ask the RN if the patient is still alive. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so, and then... Oh my God. So, and I just like, can you please ask if she, you know, if he, I don't know, he or she's still alive. 
And it's just like, why? And I said, potassium of 13, yes. this is unacceptable. This is contaminated. Exactly. So yes. I personally called and talked to the nurse, where did you get this specimen from? Mm -hmm. From the pick line, because the patient doesn't want to get, you know, stick. You know, he doesn't want no finger stick or he doesn't. I said, okay, so what do you want me to do? Do you want me release? Do you want me release this 13.2 or 13.1? Well, just go ahead and, and put it in the computer so that, and I said, oh I God. am not going to put this scary. in the, I, I am not going to put this in a computer because I have my name in there exactly. and I know, well, I will just tell the doctor, come on, this is not. Uh, unreliable result. Right. I need to have this redrawn. Right. But but the patient doesn't want to be redrawn. Okay, so I risk my case. I don't know what to tell you, yeah. but this specimen is contaminated because the, is the patient still alive? Yes. Okay. From two something for the past few how many days to 1.9 and come up to 13.1? Yeah. That's, that's that is what right. I'm saying that they should take, um, you know, like, they should start thinking or needs to be educated critical, yes. about critical situations yes, because that is a very good example at about three hours ago. <laughs> Actually, that's, once again, I'm sorry, that's really scary. That goes to show you, once again, that that nurse is not thinking and um, and is not using, you know, I won't, I'm not going to say critical thinking skills. That's just basic once again, nursing 101, that you are not knowledgeable uh, or you don't know anything about lab values, critical lab values, your potassium, calcium, those sort of things. And if you don't know, you really can jeopardize, uh, put that patient's life in, in danger. Um, I, wow, once again, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry on that, uh, uh, Lily Beth, but as you can see, in the past, I'm gonna say in the past five years, would you think as far as the knowledge of nurses uh, got better, got worse, still the same, where they constantly, you know, they just need education? What do you think? See, the thing is, I cannot, you know, in the facility where I'm working right now, mm -hmm. I cannot really um, judge anybody because Right. I might be speaking to one of the nurses today, but next, in another day, she's gone. Exactly. Yeah, because of the high, you know, high turnover rate. Yeah. High turnover rate. And then so, here comes new ones. Yes. So you're going to start it again, and then next time, you know, they're gone. So it's like you're starting over and over and over again. Yes. Yeah. So I, I just... What about when it comes to um, urine, doing urinalysis, urine culture? Uh, do you find out at times it's the same issue? Um, do you see that it's being done correctly when it comes to the specimen, especially the pulling out from the Foley catheter versus you know from a different area in the port? What that is something that I know uh, in the past that um, I you know heard. One, actually, she's advanced nurse says, and she's been a nurse for quite some time, that when it comes to taking a urine culture, especially for someone that has a Foley, there's a specific way you should be able to collect that urine sample. Well, 
The right way to do that is every, before you even open the foley or insert the needle, that, that area should be sterilized first. Exactly. Because I think my, you know, my, my contamination rate for the urine is really kind of high. And most of the time, I've seen a lot of yeast, mm. you know, so I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not really sure whether this, this is from really the from the or, patient or it's it just coming from, from the, the tubes, tubes or, or incorrectly as far as what the nurses is doing. Yeah, because I don't know, I don't know how they collect up in the floor, how, you know, in the right, floors. Right. So I'm just, what I do is I will just report whatever because in other words, I hope they are really taking their job, you know, like right. seriously, diligently, and because I, by the time this specimen goes down, I do not know how they were, how it was, how it was obtained, you know, or processed. Yeah. Yeah. I just believe that, you know, that's, they done it right. Right. So, I really don't know what to say. And you know, and I think that by talking to you, and I, 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 I'm learning a lot too, because I think, once again, nurses, they, I always felt that when you're on the floor, because I know when I was on the floor, I was a nosy nurse, especially when it comes to my patient. And I always try to uh, talk to people from the other departments, so I can, so I'll know, and, ha and try to develop a good rapport with people from the other departments. That's just me. Um, and I think that a lot of nurses, you know, they're, you know, they're in their everyday regimen and they have no clue or idea as far as whatever they're doing, how it affects, you know, the other department and vice versa too. But, you know, how it really affects the department, how it would affect a patient because you're going to have to be repetitive and do things all over again. And so, uh, just, you know, I just want to get your feedback before I end our uh, lovely session, because I really enjoy talking to you and I really enjoy having you on the show. Thank um, you. But I really want to get your feedback as far as communication. Um, how important uh, you think that is between the nurses and the other departments, especially also that? Well, it is very, very important. You know the all. You know I I hope the you know the educator or there should be one in charge mm -hmm. for this nurses right. that would you know like spend time you know like maybe like four hours in the lab discuss on how important the lab results are right. or go to pharmacy. You know that. I've been wishing that for the longest length of time. <laughs> that I, I wish you will. <laughs> yeah. I've been here for five years and I really wish that they should have time to go in the lab because the lab, I don't know, some some probably sending what's what is the lab? Yeah, exactly. You know, it's not I feel like only the nurses exist. The clinical lab scientist doesn't even exist. 
you know, it's not, we are not recognized. I don't know for, for why not. Yeah. You know, so we are always behind the scene. Right. And, and I'm trying to work on getting you guys so you won't be so behind the scenes because I think uh, my goal, like I said, uh, not only as far as just nurses talk with this podcast, but on my website as well, but trying to go for the interdisciplinary approach because I think it's really important because my whole uh, thing when it comes to patient is patient-centered care. Yes. And and we all have to work as a team. Correct. Um, just like at some other facilities, they may have tempo where they do have, you know, other uh, various people from different departments. And then some people have IDT, depending upon, you know, once again, what facility you work in, where you do have uh, the leaders from, the, or supervisors from various departments, and they all come together and discuss the patient's care. And I think that that is something that is just needs to be addressed. And that's the reason why I'm doing, uh, one of the reasons why I'm doing pod shows, uh, podcasts like this is to just make sure that that information is out there and that nurses do know and have an idea what a clinical love scientist is. Because a lot of people don't know that. They don't know once when they, you know, do their give lab run and it goes into the lab, they have no clue after that what else is behind the scenes and, and what goes on. And I think that that's really important. Really yeah. Important. So, unless you have anything else to share, Lily Beth, um, just always remember, there's no lab, you're only guessing. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Well, my listeners, thank you so much for also joining, and Lily Beth, once again, it is a pleasure, and I told you I have highly respect for you, and I know I'll be talking to you in the future for some exciting and new things. Uh, until then... Um, have a fantastic evening, uh, listeners, and, and until next time, thanks. Thank you.